Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. This week on the program, we're going to be talking about all of our favorite Ghostbusters things. That's right, we're going to be talking about our favorite Ghostbusters video game, favorite Ghostbusters comic book or comic book series, favorite Ghostbusters uh, odd tie-in item, uh, and yes, in the very end, we'll be talking about our favorite Ghostbusters movie or series. It's going to be a fun conversation. I can't believe we haven't had this before. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keymaster? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Um, it's the same company that did my... Um, uh, Rockford Files uh, season sets and all uh, that. It's like one of those middle ground companies that just licenses from the original holders who have no intention of putting stuff out <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> and in this case, it was 13 different episodes. So, like, there was a Halloween episode of that 70s show. There was a Halloween. So, it started early. Like, there was a Halloween episode of Barney Miller in there. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, one of Roseanne, I think Roseanne's first Halloween episode. But in the early stages, they had an I Dream of Genie Halloween episode. <laughs> Completely ludicrous in yeah. that he supposedly won a house in like a, a family estate in England. They get there, it's haunted, but fake haunted. It's some sort of convoluted con job okay. thing. Okay, all right. He takes time off with Genie to go there, but brings along his buddy. And I'm like, so the Air Force just let the two of you go for two <laughs> weeks to go, okay, <laughs> sure. Because wasn't he in the space program or yeah, something? Yeah, he was an astronaut, like, wasn't he? That was the whole thing. He was an astronaut. <laughs> yeah. So, and Genie is afraid of ghosts so she won't which doesn't make any sense whatsoever any sense but okay whatsoever. sure won't stick with it but the best part is they finally get to the point where they're like okay well we're just gonna sleep on it for the night she's like I'm staying down here in my bottle and they go upstairs and they each take a room and then at some point one of them gets scared and comes running out um uh the husband and I forget his buddy's name but he uh he comes running out of the room and in the take he flings the door open it it with such force like it's the camera is them running out into the hall and their doors are side by side his door bounces off the inside and and comes back and closes so fast his dress coat like his um um what do you call it house coat yeah hasn't cleared the door the door slams closed on it, and you can see him for the last three frames of the shot. He just bails hard. Sure enough, they pick it up and keep going, and you can see it's ripped. Like, it is 
half ripped down the wow. back. Like they quite literally. Like, Should we do another take? Nah. <laughs> we only have one jacket. We can't redo it anyway. So just keep going. Yeah. So oh, it's just worth it for that because um, it's stuff like that or um, uh, the John Wayne movie McHugh. Oh man. McHugh. Yeah, McHugh's one that I haven't seen. Yeah. Late, late. Uh, shot in Seattle, which is fun. So it's get, you get to see old Seattle before nice. it started building up. And it's one lung uh, John Wayne, which is, ooh. Yeah. I'm a cop on a beat. I'm like, ooh, can you ask for half a beat? Because, wow, man. <laughs> you're just... But at one point, he gets caught by the mobsters. Two of them hold him. He has some really witty repartee with the, the main mobster, who then winds up because he sasses them and punches goes to punch him in the gut but you can see he's a little low or maybe belt line and stomach and all that are a little misleading and he he basically pops the duke in the nuts like or close enough in the nuts that for two frames you can see John Wayne start his like, <laughs> like he's gonna fight him back too, or is he just no, like, like he's gonna pain? like swear, oh, like just punch okay. the nuts and then just drops an f bomb or something? <laughs> but it's like it's like two frames and then on with the thing. I was like, oh man, that's that's gold. That's uh, and what's sad is that everybody who worked on that long gone, there's nobody to corroborate nobody. anything yeah. with. It's just wow. Oh well, um, but yes. Well, yeah. Look, look at uh, look at your surroundings. Like this is Welcome this is all new for the people that are watching on the video. This is uh, this is a treat because we're actually seeing the secret studio north now. Wow. Uh, yeah, part of it, one half of it. One I half won't of turn it. the camera around because it's it's <laughs> super messy. We don't have to. You, I I told you to stop down because you were telling me gold about your. I mean, you've been actually mentioning multiple times on the podcast that you're going to start paring stuff down. But uh, yes. What what's what's the plan? Oh. Well, I've always joked that somebody needs to write like the uh, uh, Marie Kondo. What is that? I forget what her her movement is the, called. Uh, yeah, the art Con, of Conmar. Is it Conmar? Yeah. yeah, it's her name, Marie Kondo. Conmar. So her whole thing is like only hold on to stuff that gives you joy, which I think is a little in specific when it's stuff that you collect as a hobby related to a thing, because obviously all of it is pretty closely related yeah, to what brings you brings joy. You Everything joy. behind you has to bring you some sort of joy or you wouldn't have yeah. purchased it. Yeah. I think an opening chapter could extend that out into just not buying stuff in the first place. If you can kind of project yourself going, how much joy does this bring you? And it will, will it bring you that joy for years to come? Cause yeah. otherwise it's just going to turn into a thing you're going to have to downsize. And then I discovered this other woman's book, the Swedish book of death cleaning or something like that. Death, the death cleaning. Well, yeah, because again, it's, it's, a, it's, it's more of a cultural philosophy there of, a of, you know, how you, uh, um, what do they call it? <laughs> like Nordic modern design, furniture, home design. Yeah. Everything is very, very economic, very s stripped down. Modular sort of and yeah. That all kind of apparently comes from this idea of if you keel over tomorrow, how much crap have you left for your family to deal with? <laughs> and it's weirdly the flip side of if you get rid of all that, what's left is the stuff you just want to have around because it actually is, brings you joy yeah. or is useful to you or whatever. 
So I'm at that stage of, I don't expect to die anytime soon, but it's like, man, if I go tomorrow, like, I have just left my family with the question of, what do we do with 30 boxes uh, of yeah. Ghostbusters mini-mates? No, yeah. And that's just the mini-mates, like... <laughs> the Chia Pet that hasn't been built uh, is still in the box. Built. Like, what am I going to do with it? It's yeah. cute. I like, well, to be honest... The, all the Slimer stuff and the Stay Puft stuff's pretty pretty much a stay. Yeah. Just because, like I said, organically I've just ended up with an Ecto uh, shelves, Slimer shelves, and Stay Puff shelves. But now I just got all this other stuff that I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do with it. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's it's kind of funny because you bring that up and we. Yeah, it's it's no secret we're into our what's usually our hol, uh, holiday. I was gonna say Halloween because my brain is fried. Our holiday hiatus. Uh, yes. where, you know, we, we pre-program some stuff. We do some commentaries. Uh, you did your wonderful, um, uh, Ghostbusters shopping network episode last week, uh, where you did the, the taste testing, uh, with Thomas, which was a lot of fun. Um, I'll allow that the taste testing is wonderful. The, the, the shopping part was mostly me going, do we need to buy stuff this year? <laughs> really? Like... How much do we want to buy? Well, and you brought up ways to support, you know, the Patreons of, of our fellow uh, content yeah. creators and things like that, which are, are very, very valid uh, at the moment. Um, yeah. But I'm going to hold on one second here. This is bad podcasting. I had the window open. That's a faux pas and a half. Um, I couldn't hear anything. But, uh, yeah, I, so, and, and inspiration struck me at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, actually this, this morning, right before we recorded. Cause I was like, man, i I just want to do something optimistic and positive And I want to just geek out with you. Like we do so much of the news and the grind and all of that. And stuff. I open with death cleaning and Perfect. you open with death cleaning. <laughs> that's very 2020. That's on brand for what's going on that's, right now. That's, that's totally true. fine. That's but, very true. Um, I, yeah. So, so I came up with this idea that I, I just, and I can't believe we haven't done it yet. We kind of did an offshoot of this where it was our favorite pieces in our collection and things like that. But yeah. we just haven't talked about our favorite things. Uh, and, and it was like the raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens inspiration of like, let's just talk about things that are Ghostbusters related that make us happy. And I came up with five yeah. different topics for us to kind of go. And, and I'm sure um, everybody will perfect. have theirs that they can talk about uh, in the comments or send us emails or voicemails and um, and maybe people will agree with us. Maybe people will be outraged because that's seems to be the status quo. Now they'll be like, how dare you say crossing over is better than one Oh one. Um, but, and, and it's, and this is not, this is not a curated, like, uh, a list that we're saying these are our official stamp, the cross rip, uh, best ofs. It's just like things that make you and I happy, uh, things that, yeah. That are our favorites. Uh, maybe it's an item that's behind you. Maybe it's an item that you had when you were younger and you no longer have. Um, things things that uh, spark joy. Thanks, Marie Kondo, for giving us that wonderful phrase. Yes. Um, so uh, I don't. Is th there's no real news this week either. I mean, there's the incense, uh, the uh, incense, and a Stay Puft Ducky because that's by Numskull Designs and, who yeah, did Numskull the Ghostbusters. Kind of, like they're announcing some of their stuff that's coming out next year at this point. Like it's not stuff that's going to be able. You can't purchase it now. It's all you know things that will be in 2021 yeah. at some point. But uh, and Eric Burnham mentioned an announcement tomorrow, which doesn't mean it's necessarily a Ghostbusters one, but there's always that chance. And, so. and I know Eric has been teasing. He's working on a bunch of stuff he can't talk about. And but somebody flat out asked him like, "Is one of them Ghostbusters?" And he 
I think said like, no, one of them's not Ghostbusters, but maybe that's a Burnham misdirect. I don't know. But uh, so if there is news that ends up happening on Thursday, which is par for the course here on the cross rip, we will bring it up next week. Um, but for the time being, we're just going to, we're going to talk about things that we love. We're going to nerd out here. So uh, thanks for joining us. And, and I hope that you nerd out alongside us. So let's start with, uh, we've got five topics of conversation here. Um, and I have a feeling that, you know, we'll, some of them will just go over really quickly and some of them will probably spend half hour on, I have no idea. Um, but, uh, number five and in no particular order, uh, your favorite Ghostbusters toy, not necessarily something that's in your collection, something that you love, something that sparks joy in your heart. What's your favorite Ghostbusters toy item, Chris Stewart? thing doesn't go lower um it's not his microphone <laughs> it's not my microphone um i'm on record in um whatever that was it empire magazine the collector Did, uh, yeah that was a what that was for yeah, the collector's. 20th or the 25th anniversary i want to say 25th i 25th. think and if i recall correctly it was a weird duck because it unceremoniously disappeared from the world. Like I, I think, I think there's still a bit of behind the scenes of Sony going, we're doing a bunch of other stuff. This is too close to perhaps you should have asked (laughs) us for permission to do it. It was, it was sort of branded as the official souvenir magazine of the 25th anniversary or something to that effect. Yeah. Something to that effect. And I'm in there with, uh, Alex Newburn and uh, a bunch of other, uh, notables in the community there. Uh, that my fave is the, the Kenner stay puff and that still hasn't changed. I still think still that true. thing, honest to God, even the re the one they remade and reissued, which is like a harder plastic and all that. It's just a replica like that old rubbery, slightly squishy. And the sculpt the is pr- so damn adorable. The proportions yeah. are just perfect. And the sculpt. So I'm kind of on record for that. And I don't, honestly no it's like literally toys or collectibles or yeah i mean a toy or you know it's like i i I was thinking of all of the things that i had as a kid which i could say are my favorites uh you know i I only had the first wave egon and peter uh, for the longest time and those were my favorites i didn't have an ecto i didn't have a fire hall i didn't have any of the the accompanying things to go with them um and then it wasn't until the fright features figures came out that I got a Winston because I got the one where he's in the, you know, the yellow uh, pads and the gray jumpsuit. And then I got the Ray with his ecto goggles. And that's why I was finally able to complete the four guys. But but I, but, but I don't know that those are necessarily my favorites because I was thinking my favorite would probably be the Hot Wheels Elite Ecto-1 and Ecto-1A, which may be one-upped now by the Eagle Moss kit once we finish building that. But... Yeah. Because it, it was the only opportunity that I had to own an Ectomobile that looked accurate or was as accurate as, as could be at the time. Um, and I happened to get it just like right before I started working on the Ectomobile manual. So it was like I had that up on the shelf while I was writing and I was looking at things and finding inspiration, just staring at these these two die cast models and so I I would say those are probably my favorite. It's like the kid kid favorites and then like your adult favorites. Yeah. It's tough to differentiate well, sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to get it down to one. Um, I have 
a sealed and then my long used and abused open copy of the role playing game. Well, yeah, games. Those, we'll, we'll get into games. Maybe that's. Do you want to? Well, do you want to wait? We can talk games. Oh, that's, I thought. I thought that when you mentioned that one, that was all video games. Uh, Let's yeah, just leave. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that off for now. Okay. Um. The McDonald's, uh, the Happy Meal Ecto Siren. I love that, and I think I still have like eight of them lying around. Like I just keep picking them up every time I see. I them. know we've we've talked about that before because I was always jealous as a kid. That you know our our real Ghostbusters McDonald's tie-ins were you know pencil eraser ruler uh, notepad <laughs> it was like be be productive. Uh, you guys had all the cool stuff where you had like the bike siren and the basket and what was the uh, other one? Water bottle. The water bottle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like why well, the Canadians got all the cool things, and I didn't know it at the time. It was. I mean, maybe it's better that I didn't know at the time. It was after the fact that I was like, "You guys got all that cool stuff, and we didn't." Man. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had, and then in my teen years, neglected and destroyed, and then reacquired a set years later. Um, Ontario or Quebec, probably Quebec, was a test market for some stuff. And it had Ghostbusters 2, the Ghostbusters 2 uh, placemats. Yeah. With the, with the art. Like there was art that made art specifically so cool. for the. Very cool. And like I said, I had a set of those and then they got lost and destroyed and then I replaced them. And those were not just Quebec. I think later on, I the reason I was able to get some was a couple of places in the States had them as well. It was just for some reason it wasn't widely distributed but uh I, I mean do they even still do the placemats at the fast food joints now like i feel like sometimes you go in and they have the placemats but most of the time it's just like the laminate that's over the tray and sometimes they don't even have trays anymore they just hand you the bag or well, whatever i don't even know if these pl- placemats were well suited for the trays at the time hmm. frankly it was just and that might be why they only did it some places <laughs> like it may be one of those ideas that an, a junior executive ran with until somebody <laughs> pointed out you can't put that in a Happy Meal box, right? No, like They don't fit on the tray, yeah. They don't fit on the tray, and they don't go in a Happy Meal box, so they just, whatever, they did a minimum run and scattered them around. Um, yeah, since then, I don't, you haven't seen much of anything that doesn't, up here, I don't know if McDonald's down in the States has it, but up here they have um, um, uh, books, reprints of kids' books. Oh, in, in the actual, I mean, well, now COVID can, is a totally different, like, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. But, but you can you can ask for it as a, a substitute to the toy. Really? Yes, at any given time. And they've had some good ones. They had... Uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, Cowboy Ninja Bear. They So, like, actual, like, good, real books, not just yeah. public domain yeah. things. Not just public domain stuff. They actually <laughs> licensed, re- like, uh, what's his name? Scaredy Squirrel and stuff like that. They huh. had some... So they had some real classic. Anyways, that's those things don't fit in the box either. So that's the closest they get to. They will hand you a thing separate from yeah. everything else is a toy that they want to be able to jam into the. Uh, that's fun. But this is America. We don't have books in our Happy Meals anymore. Well, we tried that in that. the 80s. We had like the little critters and the, the Bernstein Bears and things like that. And Wendy's was like, no, nah, we're never doing that again. Um. <laughs> other things i still really love my uh the ghostbusters mug 
the Corningware mug from the first movie. Anything to do with the first movie actually usually brings me a lot of joy because they made so little stuff for yeah. the first movie that it's kind of cool to get uh, original stuff for that. I don't know. You ask an interesting question at an interesting time because, yeah, I'm at this point where I'm just kind of looking to strip things down a bit. So I don't know. And and it seems like such a nostalgic thing, too, you know, with with Kenner slash Hasbro reissuing the the ghost popper. And and obviously it it sparks this nostalgic tone in everybody's uh, souls where they go, oh, I had that. That was the coolest toy because it was one of the only Nerf guns that I had. And my parents didn't allow me to have Nerf guns because no guns in the house, but they allowed me to have that because it was a Ghostbusters proton thrower. So I finally had uh, darts finally that had. I could shoot <laughs> at people and things and places. Um, and yeah, so, you know, th- that may be not necessarily a favorite, but it's something that, that sparks a, a great memory. Um, and then once the reissue comes down, you go, wow, I, that, I remember everything about that and I will buy that because it was one of my favorite things. Um, but we've talked about this before too. I, I have very little nostalgic love for real Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah. And we'll probably actually get into that more into uh, one of your other questions. I was going to say, I think we'll, we'll probably get there too with the favorite, uh, yeah. uh, show or, or, uh, film, but well, all right, well, well let's, yeah, I mean, it seems like that, especially the toy, that's such a broad because there were so many different types of toys and things like that. Like, that's that's one that I feel like we can't put our finger on a definitive answer for because there's probably at least a few there. But uh, let's let's go to number four because I have a feeling that we'll, we'll have some differing opinions on this. Okay. Uh, favorite Ghostbusters video or board game, which I would also say could extend to the, <laughs> the role-playing game too. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, then hands down, it's the role-playing game. Um, we've interviewed Mr. Crane and talked about the first game. That was uh, a big, that, that's mine. Like, that was a big moment for me. I feel like we could have really? stopped the podcast there and I've been like, well, we interviewed David Crane. That, that <laughs> oh, game meant so oh, much to me. This podcast is over. I thought you were talking about your love of the, of the first game and I was like, you really like the first game? Oh, I do. Okay. I love the first game. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, huh. it, for all of the clunkiness and for the 20 years that it took to load on my Commodore 64, that, that game for the longest time was me vicariously living as a Ghostbuster and uh, throwing the, the yeah. cassette tape on and playing the soundtrack while I was playing the game and... Uh, because, it, you know, again, before I had more of the toys and before I was able to kind of instill myself into the role playing aspects of things and build my own proton pack uh, out of siding and whatever else was in the garage, uh, that game, that was that was it. Um, so that was me being a yeah. Ghostbuster. See, I never had ready access to that game. when it, I remember playing it, but I believe it was probably at friends' houses and stuff like that. I never really had it myself. And that was a tough game to like in one visit to your friend's house, get to the end of or anything like that, or really build up your business. It's not, it's not a game Uh, that lends itself to playing with friends watching you either, unless you get to the last level where you're trying to sneak the guys past the state buff marshmallow. And, and the Nintendo version is totally different and yeah, go watch the angry video game nerd video. I won't get into that, but the Commodore 64 version still remains to this day, probably my, my favorite. Um, I really like the Sega one, mostly because it was a big step up. The side scroller, right? Not the master system yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, never really liked the arcade one. I mean, it was okay when you saw it, but it, it never really rang any bells for I me. I love the arcade cabinet, 
like the cabinet was beautiful the and great. the marquee was super awesome. But then when you played the game, it, it, it left a lot to be desired. That's for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of, yeah. And as much as I like the, the video game, Ghostbusters, the video game, just because it kind of stepped things up a lot. The one thing that no video game or any of the board games or anything like that has really done is let you 100% be a Ghostbuster. Yeah. The first game tried. The first game was kind of like, it's you. And it's like, where am I? Uh, we can't. Here's your car. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> it, it, it Immersing yourself in it was a little harder, but the role-playing game was just, yeah. that's it. You needed a table and pen and paper, and away you went, right? You were creating your own guys. You were off on adventures. I still think that ranks up there as my favorite. And it it remains the thing that I hope sooner or later they'll be able to accomplish as a video game, which is a video game that lets you be you as a Ghostbuster, right? Puts you into that, you know, like a massive multiplayer online uh, RPG or something like that. That doesn't even have to be massively yeah. multiplayer. The more I play stuff like Watch Dogs where they let you run a single player, but then have this online slash open co-op kind of thing where you can kind of massively multiplayer, but really all you're doing is they're blurring the line between your single player instance and other people's multiplayer instance into the same world. But it's not, you know, it, it hides the fact that really it's you getting together with half a dozen people in a very large world to go do stuff as opposed to, trying to push a really great looking world while thousands of people are on the same server. Everybody's spawning in the same spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I I think, I think sooner or later, that's what it'll come down to. It doesn't have to be massively multiplayer. That's the other thing too. It's one thing to have a massively multiplayer world where everybody's running around as monster fighters and all that, like fantasy people off on fantasy quests. It's a little weird to have like a hundred people. I'm the ghostbuster of this city. No, I'm the <laughs> ghostbuster of this city. You stick to your buildings. Like, I don't know. I'm, it really kind of almost has to be down to the city instance has a team. And at best you invite in friends from other teams yeah, to come you build your run around clan with you sort of or your, yeah. Uh, go on raid uh, parties or something. I mean, that, I feel like that's what the ghostbusters video game, at least in the multiplayer did really well was, you know, pitting you with three other people so that you could go and yeah. destroy all the relics or, you know, uh, versus ch- to try to get as many ghosts and, and be the, the top uh, capture uh, person yeah. or something like that. But but again, um, still suffered from the weakness of you were playing the Ghostbusters. Right. And yeah. maybe the You're rookie not you. and yeah. maybe the ghoul, whatever the couple of unlocks they had. You weren't really you sort of thing. I think that's what the world, so something like watchdogs where even they kind of lock it up, like the characters, like physicality of the characters is very kind of limited, but at least dressing them up is super way over the top. So I kind of hope that we'll get to the point where people can do what they're already doing in the real world, which is this is how my uniform looks. This is what I run. And everybody's just distinct from everybody else. Um, you know, whoever does it, whoever does it puts a little uh, bell and whistle in there to, um, if you're talking voiceover IP, 
doesn't have to like vowel match, but at least the mouth of the character kind of moves when you're talking over your mic and all this. Like just, just have it so that. But anyways, until we get there, and put the it in a VR space. That while while we're at it, like put it into the Oculus or a VR space so that it can be something that's completely and totally immersive. Why not? Uh, well, then then that just kind of limits the number of users, sort of thing. That's I guess a, that's true. Yeah, that's an expensive system on top of an expensive system to 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 go do the one thing. Until that shakes out and becomes cheap, I think the <laughs> most I, I'll happily hope for is something that runs on the current generation of consoles that we can yeah. uh, can all share together sort of thing. So maybe, Anyways, maybe your favorite video game hasn't been made, but your favorite board slash role-playing game has. Yeah. The role-playing game is pretty good. I think the role-playing game is one and done. Yeah. Um, in so much as house rules can tweak some stuff here and there. Uh, but it's just, yeah, I think it's pretty darn perfect. And I, I will. Like I, I, I want to throw a shout out to because you've got it right over your shoulder too to Cryptozoic because that first board game. I mean, this, the second board game is fantastic just because it it one ups the ante on things and adds characters yeah. and scenarios and all sorts of stuff. But that first game is still fun. I mean, it, the problem is that I'm you know you and I are both people that don't have a whole lot of free time on our hands at the moment. So it's yeah. like that's a game that I wish I had when I was in high school, because that would be the one that sits on top of the refrigerator that we just continue to play. And we have scenarios going and we have campaigns going. And, um, so that, that's, that's a big one, man. I I like that game a whole lot. That one, that one, actually that one goes pretty, it's a pretty close second to the role-playing game in so much as again, you're locked to the characters. So you're not really making your own. But if you're not the kind of person or have the circle of friends that can handle a, like a kind of a freeform role-playing game type thing, this is the game system for you that's next best because you're running on adventures, but the game has scenarios laid out sort of thing, right? You can campaign through without needing a good Ghostmaster who's good yeah. at, you know, incorporating the, the campaign books and their materials and being able to steer off the book sometimes if you guys go a little crazy or whatever. And and, so, and yeah. play the game solo too. That's another part of, uh, especially the Cryptozoic one. It's like you you can play it on your own if you want to. Um, it's more yeah. fun with more people, but yeah. And the the bells and whistles they put in with the Kickstarter, like all the extra characters, like the the just and they really put <laughs> it out there for everybody that's where the second one got so overwhelming because i still have the extreme ghostbusters uh characters and scenarios that i've never run with uh the lewis tully expansion pack which i don't think i've been able to even open because it's just like i, have, I haven't gotten there you have know, it back there somewhere as well you. yeah uh they did the well actually i guess it came with the extreme ghostbusters but the roy lance guide that had all of the cards the scenario cards in it um but uh, yeah, those those types of games are, are a whole lot of fun. Well, let, let's keep things moving. Let's go on to number sure. three. Uh, our favorite Ghostbusters comic or comic series. Um, Got to be pretty much in the IDW Shoning run. There's so many good ones. That, that's, that's where it's tough to... There were a couple of small stories in that that the manga the, collection. Remember they did that? That was fun. Yeah, I really liked that book. That that digest size manga that, was really good. Yeah. A couple yeah. of those that were really good. Um and there's still the 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 covers, 
the first handful of covers on the real Ghostbusters by Now Comics. But now, I mean, that, that's what I was going to say is there were two runs on Now, uh, like the the Now side. So it was the real Ghostbusters. Uh, that first like three issue, one, the one, two, three was the first like arc is fantastic. Uh, and then there was the father and son trilogy, which is, you know, uh, Peter Venkman befriends the devil's son, uh, which always gets me. I I don't, I don't know why I love that one so much, but uh, there's just so much happening in there. But yeah, once you get into the IDW stuff, there's just, it's tough to pick one. Like crossing over was a big one for me because it, not only because we were able to talk about it on the show and it was one that we were able to dissect, you know, page by page, panel by panel, but it really brought things together in a way that was very coherent and fulfilling. And you got to see anybody and everybody, including ones that uh, Eric and Dan and the team made up. So we saw multiverses that we didn't even know existed in, in crossing over, um, which was a feat in and of itself. And, but I don't, I mean, I hope Eric has a big announcement for more IDW comics. Cause I always feel like my favorite one is the one that just came out. So yeah. <laughs> where's, where's the next one? Cause year one was great. Like the, yeah. the one shots in year one filled in some, some sweet gaps that, uh, year one I think is just because it's not locked into the growing lore of the rest of the series, which let's be honest, by the time it gets to crossing over and all that is getting pretty, pretty it's serialized uh, it assumes yeah it assumes that you now know all of these characters and their stories from the ongoing series and even before the ongoing series yeah whereas whereas year one was a nice addition to the first movie really sort of thing so i could make an argument for that i could make an argument for the first six or so issues of the now comics run actually you know what no I would put those at two and three, respectively. Year one is number two, and then the first handful of the Now Comics. I would put the Now Comics adaptation of Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 at number one. It is good. It's really good. <laughs> like, it's it's basically the movie. It obviously got done earlier than stuff that was cut, so it still includes... I mean, that's one of the things I really loved about it was the Ray flipping out. Yeah. In the it car. was like a novelization where it was, you know, it included stuff that in they had no idea was going to be cut from the film. But weirdly still played out as if they dressed up in their real Ghostbusters uniforms and looked like the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. It was the real Ghostbusters as Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters yeah. 2. It was, I think I put that at number one, honestly. And, I honestly I, I, now that I think about it, I would almost, Yeah. I mean that for the same reason that I feel like the David Crane Ghostbusters Commodore 64 game speaks to me. That adaptation of Ghostbusters 2 was when I went to go see the movie, I didn't have the novelization afterwards. I had the the now comics, at least I think I had the first 3 of the now comics issues and the fourth one didn't come out until the movie was released or like the week after the the movie was released. So Right. Um No, wait, I take it back. It actually came out before before the movie was released. This was back when we didn't care if comic book adaptations came out before the movie came out. Um, it, 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 came, it came out before. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, cause all, I think I had all four of them, but I didn't want to f- finish reading them or I, I, there was a reason that I hadn't read that fourth, that fourth issue. But 
Um, but for the longest time, that was how I had to relive Ghostbusters too, was rereading the comic books. Uh, if you couldn't go rent the tape, uh, because it was still in the theaters for six months afterwards. Um, but that was, that was where you went to go. That's also how I saw RoboCop two, uh, was I had the Frank Miller adaptation comic and uh, I was like, oh, I know everything that happens in RoboCop 2, even though it was I, my parents didn't let me see RoboCop 2. Uh, <laughs> I um, still actively remember and regret there was a comic shop in Calgary. Not a comic shop, sorry, a used bookstore. And I remember going in uh, one day, and they had the trade paperback of the now comics, Ghostbusters 2. The collected one. Yeah. And I think probably just because I was like a university student and all that and money was just not, you know, not lying around. It wasn't falling out of my pockets or anything like that. So it was enough that they wanted basically cover price for it. Wow. Which was, um, wow. In retrospect, cheap. And then, but at the time it's kind of like a trade paperback, you know, 10, 15 bucks or whatever. It was kind of like, yeah, you're, scra- right, you're scraping see. money out of the couch to go pay for dinner. Uh, you know, Basically, 10 bucks right? Lot. So I yeah. passed on it, and then, yeah, it was, you know, next time I was back, it wasn't around anymore, and I know they're out there. I've seen them on eBay. One of these days, I may pick one up, but, man, I regret that one. I should have grabbed that one, definitely. That's when you'll see sc- scans of, like, I think Ectocrank for Christmas one year put a scan of his uh, up there, and, and you see the title page and all of the things that you've never seen in the the comic adaptation you're like oh that is the coolest thing and i think titan when they reprinted some of the stuff in the uk uh may have reprinted it as one of their collected omnibus uh volumes yeah, um i think they must have because it's, it's there was not a weird the... relationship between marvel uk and idw in the u.s were kind of swap at a certain point we're swapping assets yeah. back and forth to kind of cheapen their uh their production load but, but um, it is when you go back and you you read those UK Marvel real Ghostbusters, like the little digest size, they have all of those trade paperbacks that came out when it was like 95, 96 when they reprinted those. Um, the annuals. The yeah. annuals, yeah. yeah. Just like the little offshoot one-off uh, three-page stories that they would do. Um, just it's it's kind of cool. It's like an alternate universe. All of the stuff that we didn't see here in the US or, or even up in Canada that – you know, was yeah. stuff that you could just go down to the store and, and grab in the UK. Um, I have a soft spot for the, uh, it doesn't count because I think it might have had a couple of small cartoons in it, but it was the real Ghostbusters magazine out of the UK. Yes. Yeah. And those I love, not so much for what's inside, which is clever enough, but they again went back to Ken Stacy to do the covers. Yeah. So every single cover is a new Ken Stacy original. It's it like, had the pullout oh. posters in it too, right? Like the now comics, yeah. it had like the, the gatefold uh, poster. Or at you least could pull some out of them the did. I don't know about yeah. all of them, but at least a few of them did. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's those, I, those are good. I know I made a point of picking, I think I have all of those. Pretty sure I have. All if, of them. if you're out there and you haven't seen those, uh, go to Paul Rudolph's, uh, spook central. He's got scans of all of them and they're, they have, they have articles in there about the, um, the Ghostbusters spooktacular. They interview like, is it Tom Morga? They have like a stuntman interview, and I don't know if it's Tom or not. But there's uh, yeah. a couple like behind the scenes things in there. That was the first place I saw Peter Mosen 
he's he's got a whole write up on uh, him in in one of those magazines. Um, so yeah, check check those out. Those are fun. I mean, Spook Central is a great resource for all of these things that we're talking about. Where you're like, what? I didn't know that existed. And chances are, Paul's scanned it and put it in there somewhere. Basically. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So check that out. Well, uh, I, and again, maybe our favorite comic is still yet to come. We have Afterlife coming out in 2021 now. Maybe there's some tie-ins there that we're gonna something's gonna hit us right in the feels. Who knows? Um, all right, well, let's, let's go on to number two, because this, this is one that I, I was going to save to number one, because I, I know you're going to have something cool. Uh, the man who has the Japanese ashtray and, and uh, you know, a coffee mug, but your favorite odd tie-in or just completely random Ghostbusters item, something that just had the label slapped on it. And you're like, oh, all right, uh, Ghostbusters Slimer bubble bath or something to that effect. What's, what's your favorite odd tie-in? piece man odd tie-in piece well now you got me huh well there was that hot wheel set from a year or two ago where they took their old classic like their regular cars like the panel van and all that you know every year they do the same thing where it's it's the Incredible Hulk panel van. It's yeah, like, wasn't it's that the, the Black Panther panel van last year? The, the they Chewbacca did that for, yeah, panel van that's up on, you know, monster truck tires. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. Chewbacca and Boba Fett, they, all of them, they got like their own model cars. <laughs> Ghostbusters is Slimer slapped onto a milk truck. Um, but let me think here. Yeah, there is some. Okay, here. Let's do this. Let's try something. Oh, here we go. We. The, 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 Point in case we now have the collection behind you that we can go on a. Just go to it. So so I'll I'll describe things as we see things, or if you want to describe things for the people that are on the audio feed. Whoa! What is? Oh, those are the slime balls. (laughs) For everybody that's listening to the audio version, that requires some explanation. It's like the the little slime balls, the stress balls there. That. uh, Um, I do really love that a gas station. Tied themselves into Ghostbusters two. Those uh, those Ghostbusters two glasses. I only have one, and uh, regrettably, it is not with me right now. It's at my parents' I feel, house. I feel really happy because I have the set and one of the um, the little oh the little like pack in insert that like the cell card that came with it. Oh, that's cool. Um, the glow in the dark glasses. <laughs> that's really random. <laughs> I, I mean, it was it was the early nine, late eighties, early nineties, like glow in the dark and hyper colors and the can ghost. I mean, how can you go wrong with the can ghost as the weirdest, strangest <laughs> tie-in item? Uh, I guess I'm I'm looking ahead while I'm kind of holding it right there. Let me see here. And that's the Japanese coffee mug right behind it there, right? That behind one the back can in ghost, there, yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I mean, those are those are some pretty good ones. Like the Can Ghost is one of those that's just like, yeah. Can Ghost, the cord doesn't reach. <laughs> um, I don't know Kentucky Fried Chicken when they tied into Extreme Ghostbusters. Yes, pretty good. Yeah, the Slimer Squirter, which my daughter still plays with as a bathtub toy. Uh, well, oh, I guess. 
Can I, you just, you just glossed over one of the ones that I, oh, the Heinz, oh my God. Don't show that to Dinosaur Dracula. He'll try to eat no. it. Um, the, uh, the, the glasses, if you want to go pan back up to your Stay Puft glasses there. Yeah, those guys oh, right yeah. there. I was going to say those glasses, um, those, those weird sunglasses that we got at the premiere. Yeah. Uh, because the, just because of the memories that came with them, like I am never going to wear those glasses again, obviously, but I'm holding on to them for the rest of my life because like the what yeah. a weird and surreal experience that was being on the green carpet at a Ghostbusters premiere, uh, with, with our, our, you know, uh, microphones with the ghost core logo on them, interviewing all the people that were walking by on the stop and talk. And then yeah, they're handing us all this stuff. And among it is those glasses. And you and I are like, ah, let's put these on. <laughs> Why not? Oh, I mean, I can barely reach, but I have like the Hardy noisemaker. Those are a little. Yeah. Happy. Recently it gets weirder because you start getting people that are trying, like the people that were promoting the, um, the, uh, Casino, the yeah, that's the right. The, stuff. Um, so they had they had things like um, what's this Ghostbusters 4D? That's one of the casino games. Just all their little like tchotchke things that like they sent keychains yeah. to us too. That yeah, like the tchotchke stuff is a little, but that's again not random for the sake of the movie. It's just random for the sake of they're putting out after the movie. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um. Let me see here. There was something I was looking. Oh, it's down here. I don't know if I've ever shown it. Off. I've talked about it before. I know that. But I have the sleeping bag, but I also have this little guy. What is that? A pencil pouch? What is that? No. Oh, it's, it's, it's the like scale version. Yeah. Th- that they used to have in the store because it was like they didn't have an unrolled <laughs> one. So they said, imagine this. Five times bigger. That's am- I Yeah, you've never I, yeah, shown that to me, and that is that amazing. Is, that, as a kid, I always kid, wanted I always when you would go into the sporting goods store and they had the scaled down tents, down. Yeah. and I exactly. always wanted one of those. And my parents were like, "What are you gonna do with that?" I'm like, "It would be awesome. Like all my it's toys could sized. fit in." And, yeah, but it was yeah. meant. It was meant to show you exactly what the materials were and what the zipper was like. <laughs> and yeah, I love that one. That's that awesome. one's random, but again, it's not even random for promoting the stuff. It's just random because. You know, they were trying to <laughs> trying to trying to sell they're trying it. to sell it. Yeah, you're walking through sleeping the aisle bag. of Toys R Us and you can't see what the sleeping bag looks like completely unfurled. There you go. Um, yeah, that's awesome. All right, I knew good good idea doing the video us for this one. I feel bad for everybody who's <laughs> listening to the tried and true audio version of this because they didn't see that. But so go check out the YouTube channel uh, where you can see all the <coughs> items behind Chris that he was just describing, including that that sleeping bag, which is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Chime in on the Twitters and all that when you listen to the audio one and complain that you couldn't see it and I'll, <laughs> I'll post some pictures. <laughs> there you go. That's usually how we respond when it's like you said you would post a link and you didn't. It's like, I just forgot. I'm so sorry. Like, here we go. Um, all right. So the time has come. Uh, this is the Sophie's Choice segment of this, <coughs> this here show. Um, and just keep rem- remember that this is supposed to be uh, fun and we're not going to get into it too hard as to why <laughs> we, we like certain things. We don't have to fight each other on this. Um, <laughs> our favorite Ghostbusters film or animated series. 
So this is where, again, we're not picking like, this is the best one. This is the one that everybody should put the headline that says like Crossrip says that this is the best movie. It's, it's the one that is the most meaningful and our favorites to each of us. So do you want to, do you want to start? Um, it feels like one of those things where it's like, what's the greatest movie of all time? We all agree, of course, that Citizen Kane is the greatest movie it's of Citizen all time. Kane. But what's the greatest movie of all time? Because um, I don't want to discount the first movie. Without it, nothing first... else exists. Yeah. Yeah. It is It is the, the, the fount from which all things spring. But um, I don't know. I have a soft spot. Like, in real Ghostbusters was a weird kind of thing. It continued things, but I wasn't the right age. I was a little too old for that stuff. So what actually kind of in Ghostbusters two, I was how old was I then? So I was like a, you know, a high end teenager at that point, like 16 or 17 at the time. And I remember going to see it, but I also remember recognizing then that as much fun as it was and as cool as it was to see the guys at it again, I was watching a, like a, a, um, a, a, a template retelling yeah. of the first one, right? Everything got set back to one. They got to start their business up again, all this sort of thing. Yeah, se- like, sequel syndrome. Okay. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, Extreme Ghostbusters was what I, I remember uh, it came out the year I moved, moved away from the hometown to go to the coast, to go live on my own, work on my yeah. own. I was sharing an apartment with a buddy. I remember it. I would get up every morning, like crack a crack a six or whatever it was. It was playing at to press record. On I was going to say, did machine. you? Because I wanted to hit record on that tape because I had to go to school, so I'd hit record and then run out the door to catch the bus. Yeah, and they were they were not they were not time scaling it uh, for across Canada. So Toronto was getting it at like nine in the morning, <laughs> but we were getting it at like six. It's like oh. Yeah. That's how Colorado so was too. Yeah. And then I come home and I'd rewind it and watch it and then stop at the end and the tape would be ready for the next morning or whatever. And as much as there's, I can't even see, say the characters are too wildly wacky or anything like that. Like extreme ghostbusters, the only place like it, it is a very grounded cartoon. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It brings back Egon. It ties up a lot of loose ends about the first cartoon. Like the first cartoon was you went from the very grounded horror light of Straczynski all the way over to like the honeymooners ghost family. And you're like, what are the rules of the ghost world exactly? I mean, whereas this one you had Lovecraft and all sorts of like... Well, I mean, the first one had a little bit of Lovecraft too, yeah, but that's true. Extreme Ghostbusters dialed it into either nonsense creatures, which were basically like, you know, they're extra dimensional creatures that just weren't super sentient or verbal or whatever. And they kind of had, they kind of codified what they were running into all the time. There was no, there wasn't really wasn't a lot of wacky ghosts i mean the wackiest it got might have been like the leprechaun and even uh, he yeah. was wacky because yeah. he was a leprechaun was like right? there was so. killjoys but it was all clowns that ended up becoming murderous you know uh, 
even worse than uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, yeah, I mean, you had the the Boogeyman was back. Like they brought back the stuff that felt like it still could be grounded in their rules. The Boogeyman, yeah. and expanded upon the Boogeyman. They expanded upon the idea of the Boogeyman. Oh, not the Boogeyman. Um, Sandman. No. Sandman. Sorry. <laughs> I, I realize I've been away a while. Like, here comes. Yeah, exactly. What's going on? Have I missed anything? Um, yeah, I mean, that, is it a happy year? Is everybody doing okay? I don't um, think I don't think it struck me how mature. Maybe that's the right word for it. Extreme yeah. Ghostbusters was until I tried to watch it with my daughter, and I was like, "Oh wait, this is this is not appropriate for you." Like even even some of the real Ghostbusters <laughs> episodes where it gets a little too spooky. Um, it, like the yeah the the ones where like um, the skeleton ghosts haunting the Eiffel Tower. That get that's that's the uh, that's yeah. in the original real Ghostbusters. That's pretty dark. Like that is children horror light. Like that is one step. That's two jokes away from being a properly lighthearted R.L. Stein. Yeah. And not only that, you know they're aware of it because at Extreme Ghostbusters, they took R.L. Stein and slapped it together with Hellraiser. Like they knew exactly what they were doing in Extreme Ghostbusters. <laughs> they knew that they were a little, but that's kind of where that stuff was. It was, um, it wasn't really aimed at little kids. Yeah. It was aimed a little higher. Real Ghostbusters was kind of, didn't know where it was aiming necessarily. Like it was kind of broad in terms of, the age of children it was it was firing at and only later on actually it kind of failed later on it should have real ghostbusters should have maybe hardened up for older kids because slimer and the real ghostbusters would have catered to the younger kids but instead slimer and the real ghostbusters and then janine got fluffier and they brought lewis in it's like well it was yeah it was a a result of that marketing uh not marketing company but the children's research company that came in and started giving notes like janine can't have pointy glasses because pointy glasses scare kids uh but extreme ghostbusters i mean early on they have um well for example Extreme Ghostbusters leaps off, like the Extreme Ghostbusters team forms around the fact that Kaylee misses her dead grandmother and wants to use use yeah. Egon's technology to bring her back and stumbles into, for all intents and purposes, like a, a demon witch. It's like, okay, this is... Who possesses her? Like, it's just... Uh, yeah, yeah, you know... Not for kids. And within two or three episodes, it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> anti-Semitic bullies that are nearly killed by the giant golem. It's like, this is not for kids. Yeah. I mean, and th- that, that was where it's... Because we started watching that that first Darkness at Noon episode, uh, you know, with my three-year-old. And uh, it was just like... Yeah, you're right. Kylie is trying to summon her dead grandmother and the questions that are like, where's her grandma? I'm like, uh, uh, we're not ready uh, for this one, yet. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to leave three or four years on that one <laughs> yeah. at least. Um, so wait, so, so do you think, does extreme Ghostbusters rank up there? I mean, if, okay, so this, the argument always is I love Empire Strikes Back, but Empire Strikes Back is nothing if the original Star Wars doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. So we don't, we can acknowledge that Ghostbusters, the original 1984 film is a wonderful piece that has spawned all of this. Is, is extreme Ghostbusters your next in line? If somebody said, if everybody lined them up and said, pick one and that's all you get for the rest of time, I dump everything and I keep Ghostbusters one. Yeah. That's fine. But in a world where they're like, where's your head at? And what do you like enjoy watching more? It's like, I kind of dig extreme ghostbusters. Um, yeah, like it's just, 
And it's kind of also grows out of the fact that I haven't rewatched it early on. I didn't rewatch it a heck of a lot, even though I had it taped and all that. And still to this day, it's not exactly the hardest or the easiest thing to find. It was only like two years ago or so that here in Canada, CTV, uh, their website has their throwback, uh, free to stream shows. So old television shows that they licensed and still hold the license to, you can stream and watch them. And one of them is extreme ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I think one of the reasons we'll never see that on some sort of home video edition is, uh, that thing was, that thing was made with, uh, seven. Well, no, that thing was made with 480p and, and tube televisions in mind. Like it's, it's a very blocky lined <laughs> 720p maybe. I mean and and the animation is that that kind of grunge 90s style, you know, the Klasky Chuspo uh, Rugrats uh, I mean not not that grungy, but it was that that was the style at that point in time. So, uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the the dirty lines, the, the kind of um, I like the style. The style is really good. Manic, and it's actually, yeah. what's good about it is that it seems to mesh well with a lot of other things. Cause Sony kind of had, um, the men in black series, which was by the same, uh, animation house and designers yeah. and all that. And they fit really well together. Um, and I also feel like that, that was, that came at a point in time where you and I had just started communicating like that. That was kind of my first a foray into a fan community outside of me and like two friends who I knew kind of tolerated Ghostbusters and knew that I was just a Ghostbusters weirdo uh, right. where it's now this, this show is coming out. We're all up on uh, Bill's uh, message threads uh, talking about the, the show and we can't find it on our TV guide and we have no idea what time it's going to air. So we're all just going to hit record at four o'clock in the morning and see at what point in time it airs that first time. <laughs> that first day i remember that was the hardest part was just finding when the show was airing and i think that's part of what what shot them in the fool uh, there's nobody knew what time it was on down here um down there you guys would have had a problem here we lucked out because it was um ytv mm. which may have war- morphed into teletune or something over the years i don't know but it was essentially the the one of the cable channels uh, the kid cha- cable kid channels had it and they were running it as their morning thing regularly. So it was, and they promoted it that way. And they always had the, um, the, the, the peppy teen hosts and the oh. stupid puppet. So it was, it, was it the coming BKN? Up later. Cause that's, that's what it was here. It was the Bobot kids network. And it was just a string of four shows that were all done by the same Bobot, you know, production, uh, studio. No. Um, I don't, I don't remember any of the other ones. And, and and men in black it, was one of those yeah yeah we didn't have any of that we didn't have any of those uh and our bumpers were not yeah not the upn ones but our own homegrown yeah. ones so see that that's that's what ended up happening down here and i recall it vividly is the the bkn launched and we thought that extreme ghostbusters was going to be the first show that was on it uh so we all set our recorders even though it wasn't in the tv guide like oh the tv guide's probably just not up to date or something and I, same thing, hit record on that thing, ran to school, came back, rewound the tape, um, because I didn't, I didn't want to risk setting a timer. I just wanted to just run all day until it ran out. 
uh, and fast forwarded through it and there was no Ghostbusters. I'm like, ah, come on. And we all went on Bill's thread and we were like, I didn't get it. Did you get it? No, I didn't get it. Uh, it just, it, it was just so kids, this is what happened. Uh, ask your parents when you had to <laughs> wait for something to air over broadcast television and you didn't have access yeah, to it at your fingertips. Yeah, we know, every old man, you had to get a TiVo box and it was like, no, no, pre-TiVo. No. Pre-TiVo. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Extreme Ghostbusters, it, it holds a pretty pretty solid place in my heart just because of that. Like it was the first experience that I had with the fan community as, as a larger group. I mean, it's obviously much larger now uh, in terms mm. of who we get to talk to and, and of what scope point in case us recording a video audio podcast that will be airing on Monday that would have been completely impossible in 1997. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I like, it's funny. You, you, you dismissed Ghostbusters two So, so quickly. And, and I was kind of going like, Oh, but Ghostbusters two was, that was my first Ghostbusters on the big screen. And that which I is, have, which is fine. Of. But yeah. yeah, but remember my first, Ghostbusters on the big screen was the first one. It's just right. the way it shakes out, right? Yeah. And for me, if I had been a kid like you, I probably would have been in the same boat as you if I was the same age and went and saw Ghostbusters 2 and I never got to see Ghostbusters 1 in the theaters. Yeah, I probably would have. But for me, it was me. And remember around that time, like it's like I'm comparing it against things like to sequels like Back to the Future and all that sort of <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Like it's just... So I'm watching this this one going. It was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty you guys cool. Didn't but didn't even it, try, did you? You just wanted to. <laughs> well, not not even that. Like I, I didn't I didn't analyze it. I didn't blame anybody for anything. I didn't hate it. It's just I did recognize it was um, more of the same. Which fair enough was kind of the minimum of what I wanted, yeah. right? But no, it didn't. It didn't really elevate things a heck of a lot. It didn't. It didn't try anything new. It was just. The same stuff. It just was. Yeah. Again. Um, um, but so I mean, yeah, it's. I, I, I firmly will say Ghostbusters 2. Again, same argument. Ghostbusters, yeah. the original 84 film, wonderful. That would be my Desert Island pick if I had to get stranded with one film. But Ghostbusters 2 is, is my favorite because that is, that's a movie that no matter how crappy of a day I am having, if it just happens to be on free form and I catch it in the, the program guide and I switch to it, uh, in the middle of, um, you know, like in the middle of the, the movie or at the end of the movie, or, uh, it doesn't matter where I catch it. It just makes me happy. Like Ghostbusters two is one of those movies that it just, it's like comfort food. It's like that, that familiar album that you turn on, uh, yeah. you know, while you're getting ready for bed or something to help you kind of chill out and, and relax. And especially now, like the last seven, eight months of just a relentless barrage of bad news and having to deal with the outside world and financial stuff and family stuff. And like just with everything closing in, uh, turning on Ghostbusters two and seeing everybody singing at the end of the film, uh, it, it, it makes me happy. And I feel yep. like that ask me again in a few months, maybe my movie uh, choice will have changed. Uh, maybe Ghostbusters afterlife will come out and will just completely blow me away and we'll have the exact same effect. But as of right now, as of December, when you listen to this, uh, it, it's my, it's my favorite like Ghostbusters two. And I know that that's like the cool punk rock, like Ghostbusters two is my favorite, man. It's like the people who say return of the Jedi is the favorite, their favorite, but, um, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. I love that movie. I love Peter McNichol. I love yeah. how how self-aware it is, even though you, you know, they, they kind of know that they're rehashing stuff in certain points too, where it's just like, I don't know, the Statue of Liberty walks down Fifth Avenue. Okay, yeah, let's run with that. Yeah, it's kind of like they were so kind of self-aware of, of what the original movie did and what notes it hit with people that they're having to kind of replicate and recreate. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I like that they started to set up the world of kind of like quote unquote magic. Yeah. Like I say, one of the things we've discussed about the first movie and it, it infected the, the cartoon too, is what are the rules? <laughs> they Tell didn't really it. have them. So it's just, yeah. but at least by the second one, um, most of the ghost creatures were like critter creatures. Like ex- so you could treat them as extra dimensional critter creatures. Yeah. And Vigo exists purely as a, human that tapped into all this extra dimensional PKE power stuff. And I liked that a lot. That was one of the things it, I really, it is, really it's, liked. It goes kind of beyond just ghosts and kind of delves more into the paranormal and the, the macabre and, you know, say hi to the coven for me. Like there's the, yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah. it, it acknowledges that there's that whole other aspect to the unknown, um, that. And it really solidified by the time you get, from real Ghostbusters into extreme Ghostbusters, a lot of it solidified over a lot of that. Like extreme Ghostbusters was just completely 100% on board with the idea that there were relics and runes and books that contained power that you could tap into and do stuff with. Whereas real Ghostbusters was a little spotty (laughs) in and out with what magic was here and there sort of thing. Uh, Time travel. um, Sure. Magical flute brings around (laughs) Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got that. That's, Okay, there's magical instruments that bring back uh, 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 bands in New Orleans. Oh, okay, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's all, all good. All good stuff. It's just like I said, it wasn't super. Wasn't super cohesive. I don't. I'm not even saying it necessarily had to be super cohesive because it was a cartoon yeah. made for kids. But by the time they got to Extreme Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, which had to incorporate a more adult, you know. It was going to be kids and adults. Yeah, it kind of tightened some stuff up. And yeah. I, I dig that. Uh, one of the things I look forward to most about Afterlife is I have a real feeling Afterlife is really going to, with this hint that we're going to see more of the Shandor story, speaking of humans tapping into, mag- you know, ghostly sure. paranormal stuff, it's really going to tighten some things up again too. So that's, and, and also kind of speaks to all of the things that I think we've been talking about here where it's like, us as adults, we're going to go see this film and we're going to be intrigued by things, but I bet kids who go and see it are going to be scared by all of the jump scares and totally into, uh, the gunner seat on the Ecto one. And, uh, it's, it's going to be one of those, like watching the new Animaniacs, like sitting, watching Animaniacs, uh, with, with a kid and all of the jokes, like on your left, you'll see where they shot Batman. And it was like, yay versus Superman. And everybody goes, Oh, and that's a joke that I get and I love, but there's manic things happening on the studio lot behind uh, the, uh, the, what all is, uh, when that dialogue is going down that my daughter is laughing at. So there's all, it's like Ghostbusters is one of those unique things that can serve both purposes and should yep. serve both purposes, you know? Um, so hopefully afterlife does that too. I, I have such high hopes for afterlife, Jason, no pressure, no pressure. At all. 
Uh, well, so Chris, um, I feel, I mean, this was, this was, this was fun. Did we miss anything? Like, is there anything that you want to talk about that just brings you joy in Ghostbusters that, that feels like you, you need to get it off your chest before we end this episode? <laughs> Not really. I honestly hope I find time to sit down again. I'm a little nervous because I'm not 100% sure I'm going to be able to plug Lego Dimensions into the... I still have the 360 around where it comes to worse, but... Um, and it's not reliant on a server, right? Because I know that all of no, the like no. Disney Infinity shut down and... yeah. Uh, it's just that, yeah, they stopped selling you the stuff to tap into yeah. and all that, so... Uh, I think they want to get off my chest. Nah. Well, can I can I give an honorable mention that I realized the 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 error in my ways here of not finding a place for us to work in uh, is sure. And I think it's it's fresh on my mind because everybody's doing their year end Spotify wrap ups that shows you know that you've listened to it told me that I've listened to the Thompson Twins in the name of love uh, way too many times for a human being. Um, is the music. Like the soundtracks yeah. are again, kind of speaking to what Ghostbusters two is to me that I can turn it on and feel happy at any moment. Like the soundtracks are something that I can pop on in the car and it's like, uh, it's like a meditation at this point. Like I know, I know them, I know all the intricacies. I know the, the ins and outs and every word and every note and every beat of, uh, those first two soundtracks, uh, that I can just turn those on and they're like comfort food, comfort music. Um, and so I was like, oh man, I should have put another cat. I should have done a number six where it was like favorite song on the soundtrack or favorite uh, soundtrack because I feel like that. And even, even Ghostbusters answer the call to a certain extent, uh, particularly the score, like the Theodore Shapiro score yeah. has really latched itself onto that same sort of thing. So that's another thing I have high hopes on for afterlife is uh, give me two of those albums. Give me the soundtrack album and the score album, because I, I need to add something to my playlist rotation. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, what, hey, there see, there you go. Same thing. I wish, I wish I had a turntable. I have all the vinyl versions of the albums and I have nothing to play them on. Well, yeah, this is still in the cellar app too. It looks like not even opened. This that's, is the that's a vinyl collector. Yeah, this is the uh, the reissue they did for Record Day. Oh, nice with the the green wax one, right? Or is the glow in the dark one? Oh no, yeah. this is Newberry Comics exclusive, so half white, half red. Oh, that's cool. That was the one that looked Limited like the to a thousand, popsicle or something. Yeah, that one, the, the Barnes and Noble one, that's just red vinyl. Yeah, I I I don't know. The first one is still my fave. Yeah, the Stay Puffed one. Does it still yeah. smell like marshmallow? Mine stopped smelling like marshmallow. It smells I'd... like dust. Mine still <laughs> is the it just smells like my closet. <laughs> so if I opened it up, it might still. It might still retain a bit. But, um, um, right, well, yeah, I don't know about the music. I mean, we've <laughs> the answer to the call soundtrack, that uh, g Easy song I really like. I like playing that a lot. Um, never Saw It Coming. Yeah. That's what it's called? Yeah, Saw It Coming. That one, yeah. Uh, that one I really, really like a lot. Um, it's tough because that, that album I listened to pr pretty, you know, uh, on a regular rotation in 2016. And now it's it's gotten to be like there's a few songs on there that are like my 
my air supply I can wait forever skips. Uh, I'm like, oh, that, okay. yeah. Yep. A lot um, of soundtracks are like that, though, right? You listen to it too much, you figure out your faves versus your yeah. But uh, uh, you know, and even on the the original uh, two uh, soundtrack albums, there's you know, there's the Air Supply song where it's like, if I'm not in the mood to listen to I Can Wait Forever, it it gets skipped yeah. immediately. Yeah, Elton John doesn't get a lot of play. Oh yeah, I mean the Elton when John I, I song start. is is fun. That's pure '80s cheese fun, uh, but. <laughs> It's sometimes the promised land on that album gets like gets skipped over. Um, it's, it's, it's like this is a sad song. This was not written for Ghostbusters, and you know that it, it's a very like sad and downbeat, and uh, it's about a very serious subject matter. And it's like I I just want to listen to Bobby Brown singing about fighting evil guys. <laughs> Don't wait a minute, pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go go stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding, just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. What, what else do you have for uh, for final thoughts for this here episode? None. It's the end of the year. I got nothing. I know. Everybody's fried. Everybody go home. Relax. Stay home. Relax, frankly. Stay home. Yeah. Um, I guess stay tuned. You and I will do a little something for New Year's. Yep. We got a New Year's plan. We got, uh, we got some holiday music coming for everybody that's out there on the audio feed that will not be in the YouTube feed for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, we have we have a couple things up our sleeves. We're we're working on a couple of good interviews that I don't think are going to happen until after the first of the year now. But probably not going to happen until um, the first of the year. But yeah, we're, I, um, we're moving around. What can I say? I, um, <clears throat> yeah, nothing. And I don't know if I want to force it either. No, don't do it. Yeah, say good night, Chris. That's all I got to say. <laughs> to be honest, we didn't honestly think, necessarily think we'd be talking today, so I just kind of refer everybody to last week's, which is yeah. Treat yourself. Stay yeah. home. Buy something fun for you and yours. Curl yeah. up in the living room. Don't come out till January fifteenth. And, and try 20th. to keep all the things. I mean, the part of the reasoning behind this exercise is try to keep all of the things that make you happy in mind. Your favorite things, uh, Ghostbusters related or, or otherwise. Um, try to hold on to those. Don't don't let all of the the bad things continue to manifest and fester inside uh, as much as it can. Yeah, and don't burn it out either. I think we talked yeah. about that before. It's just our, our the things we love are under a heavy load. Both uh, persons and and things are under a heavy load as we use it as uh, to self medicate right now. And yeah. uh, nothing worse than it gets us through a hard time, but then all it does is remind us of the hard time. So we don't want to go back to it. Let's. <laughs> Yeah. That's not something I want. So Yeah, exactly. 
Um, well, so yeah, everybody out there, stay safe. Uh, keep keep things uh, that that you hold dear to your hearts, and uh, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. <laughs>